Yo, yo, welcome back to the Cat Podcast. This is episode 304. That is Taylor McLeod over there. I am Nate Sperlin. It is your weekly tour through hip-hop. Welcome back once again. Shout out to everybody who has found a new purpose in life with the NBA playoffs now approaching. Um, Taylor, real quick, before we even get into this podcast, right? So we got Celtics and we got Nets here. You're you're a Boston Celtics fan. I'm a I'm I'm Brooklyn Nets fan adjacent, is what I'll say. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> With that being said, I just want to ask like the tone until the series is over. Are we are we gonna be like cordial with each other or are we gonna like yeah, you're probably petty? not a Nets fan? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I got all right. So we're gonna be a little petty. It's all good. Oh, um yeah. thank it's you. It's fun. I'd rather, I'd rather honestly. I'd rather be rooting against people or like a team that like, like you, Obas, everybody, like it's more fun that way. Yeah. It's, it's definitely like, more fun. I don't care about the Hawks or whatever. Like obviously Trey Young's like the villain right now, but I'd rather it be this way. Trey Young is the best villain in the NBA and that, that he he's, if, if there is one guy that you need a fan base to rally around to hate, Trey Young is going to get that job done for you. He he yeah. he is. He Cleveland's probably saying fuck Trey Young as we speak, to be honest with you. Um, but that being said, thank you to everyone who is watching on YouTube and thank you to everyone who is listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and more. You can also like watch on Spotify now. I, I realized that like two weeks ago. Like you could upload the video and then the video is on Spotify. That's kind of cool. Shout out, shout out to them for finally doing that do us a favor hit the like button or subscribe you don't have to do that now you could do that later once you decide that you like the program but whenever you decide to like the program hit the like button subscribe to the channel follow us on instagram and twitter at old milk media check out the old milk spins playlist and also watch episode six of the it's all opinion podcast that is out now on this very platform um before we get into anything else, wow, I just decided, well, we just decided that we're going to be petty towards each other, which is fine. I still want to know how you're doing, Taylor. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. I just, since we talked last, I drove across the country, moved to the Bay Area. I'm currently sitting in a fold-up camping chair with my computer set up on a laundry hamper. So we're, <laughs> we're setting a new place up. But yeah, I did that been in contact with you know you about these albums that have been coming out i'm excited for some stuff coming up so in a good spot how are you i'm doing good future is coming i that's, know that's, that's that's all that's all future is coming the, the the goat is coming and i just you know um but that being said we did miss a very 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 busy uh hip-hop week last week um so this week we're gonna just go back to the albums that we listened to for the past week and the first one we're going to be talking about is Vince Staples' Ramona Park Broke My Heart. That track, that record, excuse me, is 16 tracks and it is 41 minutes long. And it features just three features, really. Um, Mustard, Lil Baby, and Ty Dolla Sign. Uh, Taylor, what did you think about Vince Staples' new album? As you know, I thought that Vince Staples, by Vince Staples, his, his album last year was, it was definitely my favorite project of 2021. And to me, because of how concise it was and because of how cohesive it was, it was the best project of 2021. I know a lot of people are going to disagree. And I know we had a lot of heavy hitters, especially towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I think that Ramona Park broke my heart is taking Vince Staples and turning it into the full idea. I think last year was almost like a prelude to this project. Obviously it's own, it's its own thing. It's a standalone project, but I think it was a uh, showing us a, giving us a look at, 
not necessarily a different side of Vince Staples. I think that's a, a misconception with a lot of this is that this hasn't been what he's doing. And I think it's just the music sounds different, but he's been talking about this stuff for over a decade now. So I just, I think that this is Vince Staples at his best in the sense that where the music used to be a little more brash, a little more in your face, these instrumentals are more laid back and gives Vince a little bit more room to show, to show his life and the stories he's telling just by themselves and not so much of the, the background stuff that can be not distracting sometimes, but you know what I mean? I, I guess distracting is the word. You can kind of focus on the entire project or product instead of really listening to what he's saying and, and letting it sit with you. Um. First of all, I agree with you. I think that this is definitely a continuation of Vince Staples. The um, the is that a does that count as an LP? I guess it does. How many tracks? Um, the the album ten. Ten. That's LP. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, the LP that he put out last year. Um, this is the first time, um, in a while that Vince Staples has taken a sound from a previous project and improved it or worked on it. Because when you look at the Big Fish Theory to FM, those sound nothing alike. And then FM right. to Vince Staples, those sound nothing alike as well. So I like this from Vince Staples. I like the fact, this isn't probably my favorite Vince Staples, my favorite version of Vince Staples. Um, Cause as you said, the beats are minimal. He's really trying to tell a story throughout. Um, the hooks are played, the, the, the interludes are placed perfect spots. Um, just basically tell, talking about his, the evolution of his growth from being a gangbanger in Long Beach to where he is now, um, having a house that nobody goes to except for his mom and his, and his daughter. I mean, not his daughter, excuse me, I'm wildin'. Um, his sister. Um, and just being the guy on Twitter who cracks jokes being the guy in interviews who cracks jokes and understands the music industry better than a lot of artists so seeing that and seeing that storytelling throughout Vince Staples as well as Ramona Park broke my heart is really really impressive um honestly one track I do want to start talking about first is when sparks fly I think that throughout the whole project as we stated before the beats are great but i think that we last last podcast we were talking about um the importance of hooks and we were talking about the importance of interludes and the importance of breaks um here on when sparks fly there isn't really a hook but more so just him allowing the beat to rock with that crazy sample um and just having that sample carry the interlude if you would from vince verse to vince verse is really, really um, strategic. It really, really shows that Vince Staples knows what he's doing um, with his music. And I think that's just, there, there's other um, poor, there's other songs we can go point to and look at and say, this is intentional too. But like, I think that's when Sparks Fly is probably, at least if you're listening to the project in order, one of the first tracks that you encounter that it really, really becomes evident that Vince Staples is being very, very intentional with the sounds on this project. Yeah, I think you, I think you said it really well. 
Vince Staples understands who Vince Staples is. Mm -hmm. And that's really important in a lot of artists, especially when you come with back-to-back albums and back or back-to-back projects in back-to-back years, you have to understand who you are and it can't be a situation or it doesn't work in a lot of situations where the first record is either massively successful and you try to recapture that or the first record flops and then you completely switch directions to find you know something else because that always feels a little like you're chasing something that might not be there this feels like not so much a continuation but it's just this better and better understanding of himself as an artist and last year in an interview with Ebro he said that Vince Staples was a real effort at giving people who have openly been like I like his interviews more than his music I like listening to him speak more than I like listening to you know, like you said, Summertime 06, Big Fish Theory, FM. It's giving, it's giving a, like, not calmer necessarily, but it's giving just a more, a more reserved, more to the point Vince Staples. And I think that this project, especially when Sparks Fly, and then the next song, East Point Prayer, when you look at his interviews for the last decade, Vince Staples has talked about, you know, something happened when he was in, you know, younger and he had to go to Atlanta those two songs in a row are kind of giving you that story in a very polished musical way. And it almost kind of brings you back to a time when that's how we learned about the stories of these musicians. It wasn't, it wasn't that someone caught, caught Drake on video in a club throwing a million dollars or whatever. It wasn't that someone was tweeting or on IG live the whole time. We used to have to list, wait for an album to hear the story of like how, how things unfolded. So to, to get that, there's a little bit of nostalgia with it. And it's also just, it's just a, a level of polish that for me right now, Vince Staples has been one of my favorites for a long time. But for me right now, it's it's elevating him, regardless of sales, regardless of numbers, regardless of anything like that. It's elevating him to a point in the game where I don't think a lot of rappers understand themselves as well as Vince Staples understands himself. I like that you bring up East Point Prayer. Um, that's also one of the other tracks that I would, point to as um evidence of how intentional Vince has been with this project um first of all you talk about him going to Atlanta it's fitting that he got little baby on this track um it, it honestly is um but the way that the beat on East Point Prayer is so minimal but at the same time you have that consistent bass that also builds up as the track goes on and then also putting Lil Baby in the spot where I personally like Lil Baby the best when he just starts spazzing on the beat and then the beat starts picking up when he catches that flow. I love that so much. Um, probably aside from a few, aside from the singles and maybe one other track, this is probably my favorite track on the project. When Sparks Fly or East Point um, Prayer? East Point Prayer. Oh, it's it's far and away. It was my favorite the first time I listened to it. And like you said, I we missed or we, we got like the tail end of when hip hop was still really regional. Mm-hmm. And there was a distinct, obviously everyone knows where everyone's from, but because of the internet, things get a little muddied and everyone moves to LA. It's just like that. But to have a song that's about Vince's time in Atlanta and have Lil Baby on it, and like you said, the beat is so minimal and in Vince's delivery, it's very, it's almost like 
down. It's like he is like sitting back, like completely like you understand like the levity of the situation. You understand the gravity of the situation that it's like, it's not some, Oh, I did something crazy in Long Beach. So I had to go to Atlanta and let me tell you about how, how like, you know, like the, like the Fresh Prince um, intro. Right. Exactly. It's, it's not like trying to prove any validity or give any validity to his story mm-hmm. or, or credibility to his story because of it. It's more of a, this is what happened. This is why it happened. This is how it unfolded without telling us all the details, which is honestly like it feels better that way as opposed to like, like I said, the, the Instagram live, that's like, mm-hmm. yo, 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 like, you know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I love that just as much as, you know, everyone else, but to hear, to hear it given in a way that's just, it's really like introspective, very thoughtful. And you've put it perfectly a bunch of times. It's very intentional. Um, Another thing I, the one thing I hate um, about music or some tracks now is how, artists neglect closing out a song sometimes they'll rap the fine and they'll have the final verse they'll finish the final line on the final verse and then it's the next song and it's like okay like can i get some time to appreciate the beat can you give me something more than just a vert just two hooks in a verse and i think that paper cuts is the exact opposite of that i really really love how vince closes that track out um not really just just allowing the beat to rock and just saying subtle um, or repeating just subtle little things over and over again really, really adds to the atmosphere on that track specifically and as well as the atmosphere on the album as well. Yeah, he. <laughs> we're going to get to a point where we just keep like finding every positive thing about this album. And to mm-hmm. me, it's it's very easy to do that. Paper cuts, Mama's Boy, all that. There's, if even just listening to his ad libs, if you try to tune out the main, you know, your second or third listen through, when you try to tune out the main vocals and you're listening to him in the background, there's added emotion there. There's added texture there. There's added, it's just giving other dimensions to every single song. And like you said about closing a song out, the songs flow very well together. And obviously you can do that with certain, you know, musical techniques. And sometimes that can be incredibly impressive. Like when you hear one part of the, the, the next beat coming through and, you, and once you've listened to it enough, you're, you're listening for that next song in the previous song. But everything about this, everything, like you said, the interludes are placed perfectly. Everything is placed in a way that it all flows together nicely. It's all very cohesive, but it's also not the same transition over and over. It's not the same, you know, song to song. And so it's fresh every single time, even when it's a similar transition to maybe another point in the album, it's still not back to back to back. So I don't know. I I think if we keep getting into the, getting into all of the, you know, texture to this album, you can just keep finding like, you know what I mean? You can keep singing the album's praises and I'm, I'm not saying I'm against that because <laughs> I'm, I'm there for it. But I think all the introspective parts of this record and all the all the calmer spots where you're really, really listening to the story are it makes the songs like magic. And and Lemonade's awesome. Yeah, Lemonade's a really like and Ty Dallas, you know, he does this thing like he always does in every feature he touches. So 
I don't know. I think, I think this project is put together perfectly. And I think there's enough moments where you really, you really can follow this like roller coaster of emotions with Vince. And then all of a sudden you come to a lemonade and you're like, all right, like, okay, cool. Like we're here. Like this is a full, full body project. It's not just a, it's not just a, Oh, like here, here are all the things I've done. Here's how it affected me. It's like, no, it's a full musical project as well. So I don't know. I think this is a very well-rounded project. And as of now, it's my favorite project of 2022 and nothing's really close. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the, the, I think the only project I'd probably put above this in terms of track listing, like the, the great um, execution of track listing is probably Saba's project. But I think even between that, it's kind of a it's kind of a toss up between those two. Um, um, that being said, I do think Vince Staples is probably um, it's Ramona Park broke my heart is probably in my top five. Um, yeah, I probably I feel safe saying it's in my top five right now. Um, real quick, which project do you think is better? Well, you're probably gonna say. Um, you're probably gonna say this one, but still just asking the question. Do you think the this Vince Staples project is better, or do you think that the Denzel Curry project? Um, how do how do those two compare in your eyes? I actually or in think, your ears. <laughs> I think they're similar. I think they're coming from a similar spot in an artist's cycle, in their growth mm-hmm. cycle. I think Vince has been a, around a little bit longer than Denzel Curry, which is why you maybe get a more this feels more grandiose. Mm-hmm. And Denzel, then Denzel Curry's project that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, but I think they're very similar to each other in the sense of of where the artist is and and what they're trying to accomplish with with each respective project. And I I think we said it when we were talking about Denzel Curry. Both of them feel very intentional, which is what I want, what I like, want what I like the most about like rap music is when it's intentional, when it's on purpose, when I can hear the the effort put into every single song and how things go together. So because of my, like being a Vince Staples fan, I'm going to like, yeah, sure. I'll be like, yeah, Vince Staples is better to me. I like Vince Staples more, mm-hmm. but I think that they actually, I think that they're actually more similar than they are different or even comparable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think the only, I think the only difference between the two is really the 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 um the sonics and the variety of sonics. I think yeah. that Denzel Curry's project has way more different a, a more variety of sounds on that one than Vince Staples' project, but when it yeah. comes to actual what the what both rappers are actually doing because we're basically talking about producing and stuff like that and to my knowledge none of them really produce like that. Um but what both rappers are doing on these projects are okay, I have a vision for how I want this song to sound. Give me the beat and I'm, I'll do the rest. And yeah. they've done that extremely well. One last point I do want to bring up about this project, just to, um, I guess, put a bow on the idea of how intentional this project was. Um, the track one and the outro track both have sounds of waves crashing on the beach which I re- really, really love. It's a very subtle, um, it's a very subtle feature that kind of brings everything full circle. And I just, I just really, really love that. Yeah, no, it's great. I, and I think I've always been really drawn to intros and outros mm-hmm. to projects because I think that's when, 
I said it a couple of weeks ago that I think track two sometimes sets the tone for how a project is really going to come together. But I think the the first and last track are always an opportunity for an artist to you're going into it with a more open mind. I think in both, both senses, it's a, when you're starting a project, you're like, all right, let's see what this is. And then when you get to the end of a project, you might know what it is, but it's still like, all right, how is this going to, how is this going to wrap up? And I think to go for a full circle like that, like you said, is it's just a really good record. And I think that's a, a really good way to, to, like you said, put a bow on it, the conversation, but also the album. Mm-hmm. So what are your favorite tracks on Vince Staples' Ramona Park Broke My Heart? When Sparks Fly, East Point Prayer, and Lemonade. Mm-hmm. I got A, Free the Homies. That's, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> I, uh, I agree with you. Um, when Sparks Fly, East Point Prayer to Lemonade, I really enjoyed. Um, Bang That, Rose Street, The Blues. I really like Magic, too. Um, yeah, I, I can't. We like I forget to talk about, my, or you know what I mean, because it's been out for a while now. Mm-hmm. Rose Street too. The first two singles are great. Yeah. Like I was driving, I was driving earlier to go get more stuff, you know, for the for my new apartment. And I was like playing like Magic Rose Street. Come on, it's like those are nice. Listen, Magic's great. Like I I love Magic because it's still like Vince like talking his shit. There's mm-hmm. no bones about it. like you know what I mean. There's no like oh this is Vince Staples attempt at a pop record. It's like, no, Vince Staples is still talking Vince Staples shit. It just sounds really nice. I also, um, I need Vince Staples on the next mustard project because mustard mustard is probably at this point still, well, he had his, he obviously had his moment where he's the best producer in the game, but now since he's kind of um, his, his beats have been more and more scarce, I'd say. Um, yeah. It's kind of becoming underrated, but the next Mustard project, I for sure need something Staples versus on that. Um, yeah, good project. Let's move on to Five Year Foreign's Bible, seventeen tracks, fifty-one minutes long, featuring Casey, Quavo, Kanye West, Alicia Keys, Queen Nyjah, um, Coyle Ray, Chloe, ASAP Rocky, Lil Yachty, Lil TJ, Young Blue, um, DJ Khaled, Vori, Polo G, Blueface, and Neo. Um, what did you think about 504N's latest project? You and I were talking about this off mic before the show. When the track list first came out and when the project first came out, I was, I knew it would be good. You, you look at the people that are on it. You look at the people that 504N's been working with and you look at just his track record over the last three years. I knew it would be a solid project. I didn't expect how much I would like it. Mm-hmm. Listening to it, not in the same way of Vince Staples or Denzel Curry. This project feels very intentional and understands what it is. And Fabio understands who he is as a rapper, as an artist. And I think this is a very well executed project that honestly, I think I'll be listening to for a while. A lot of the songs I really like, like playing in certain, certain scenarios. And it, it does have replay value to me in terms of, we were also talking about like when, when a guy starts blowing up in his early thirties, you know, for whatever reason, there's a whole lot more for for a rapper to talk about in the music that starts coming out afterwards. So it's easier to get into that story as opposed to trying to to keep up with someone's story as it's going along. I think Fabio at this point really understands who he is. And at first I was kind of the first couple of songs, I was like, all right, this song is named Bible or the album is named Bible. He was on Donda, Donda 2 a bunch. Obviously, Off the Grid was huge. And I was like, all right, is this just, is this trying to make Kanye happy? 
is this trying to make like Kanye not proud necessarily? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then I listened to it and I was like, if this did make Ye proud, it's because it's really good, mm-hmm. not because it's a pandering or whatever. It's this is a good project. And I was thoroughly impressed by the project and just thoroughly impressed by how much I liked it. Mm-hmm. When when I first saw the track list, I kind of was disappointed, if I'm being honest. Like there's some there's some artists on here that I probably um one, there's artists out here on here that I haven't heard from in a while, Alicia Keys, um, Blueface, Neo. There's also artists who aren't necessarily established yet. You have um, Casey, you have Vori, um, Young Blue is someone who's up and coming. Um, and then you have like the artists that everyone gets a feature from or tries to get a feature from at least. You have uh, Kanye, Quavo, Chloe's on a lot of tracks as a feature now um ASAP Rocky's a hot feature right now as well so I didn't really know what to expect going into this project um also when you look at drill music and how one-dimensional it could be at times I I gotta say my hopes for this project were not um high at all um but that being said I think that 5EO is starting to figure out how he wants to elevate the genre the subgenre of drill music um I think when Pop Smoke first came out and Brooklyn Drill was was fairly new, the, the tracks that I always liked the most were the ones with him and Lil TJ because there was such a contrast between Pop Smoke's aggressive style and Lil TJ singing, and it just flowed together so perfectly. And that's basically the formula that 5 Porn followed for this whole project. When you look at Casey, that's someone who's more melodic. Alicia Keys, obviously one of the best singers. Um, Queen Nigel, one of the hottest singers. Coyle Ray was melodical. Chloe's one of the up and coming great singers right now. Lil TJ sang on this. Uh, Young Blue, his verse is more, his verse was more, um, he rapped, I guess it was more rap-esque than what I'm used to from Young Blue, but it was still very melodic. Um, Vori melodic, Neo, it's it's Neo. It's it's he's not gonna rap. Like, let's be honest. He's here. Neo. <laughs> Neo. So Yo, I toxic love Neo, toxic Neo, best Neo. <laughs> <laughs> so I just love the fact that intention that I think the whole I get I I guess by the end um this whole podcast is basically just about artist intention at this point. But I, I love the intention of picking these features. I also love the intention of picking the beats. I think that once again, because of how drill is, it can be redundant sometimes, but having those different types of melodies under those drill, um, under the characteristics of drill music is really, really helpful to a drill project in general. That's why I really like um, Sleepy Hollow and Chef G. Those are two artists who typically have um, more unique uh, melody under their drill beats as well. So that's why I really, really like them out of all the drill rappers. But that being said, 5 foreign. Also, another thing too, Off the Grid, that verse, um, 5 foreign's verse on Off the Grid is probably the best verse of his career. And for him to keep that flow on some of these tracks and flesh that out a little bit more and understand, okay, this is why I'm hot right now. Let me keep doing it. Um, I really, really appreciate, but still at the same time, not um, being too one-dimensional, which is really, really important as well. Oh, overall, just I'm just really, really impressed by this album, like like you, Taylor. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Like the off the grid, like we could have got a whole whole record of off the grids, mm-hmm. and a lot of people would have been happy with that. And I'm not saying that I wouldn't have been happy with that, but getting 
it's like when certain rappers you can tell they're about to get in in their best like their best mode get in their bag get do what they do best and off the grid is probably when you know Fabio Foreign's at his best so to hear because you can hear it coming in a lot of these songs you can hear it like all right he's gonna go other songs though you're like all right it's not gonna be like that but I'm interested because of how impactful and how powerful that that way that he does that is I'm like there's more than enough interest level for me to to really give all the other stuff a chance and like you said I think you it's really important to bring up little TJ because him and Pop Smoke, their impact, everyone talks about Pop Smoke, and it's obviously understandable why. And I think some of the stuff they've done with his posthumous music has been tough to listen to at times because it's just not, it doesn't feel like it's in the same, you know, spirit as it was when he was still here. But him and Lil TJ are two of like the real pioneers of this, this most, most recent drill movement, especially in New York City. Obviously, it's happening, happening everywhere. It was early 2010s it's Chicago like that was what was going on there and we have the early 2020s now and it's it's shifting it's it has a different epicenter right now and that's fine but to to give Lil TJ his flowers for that and also include him on a project like this because this is probably I mean you have Mike Dean in this you have Kanye on it you have all of these like huge huge people either working on it appearing on it and I think besides maybe some of the Pop Smoke albums, this is probably the biggest the biggest album to come out of this movement so far. Mm-hmm. So to include one of, the, one of the most important people, one of the people who were there at the beginning of all of this, and that's not to say that Fabio Foran wasn't there at the beginning of this, because he was. He, he was. <laughs> no, I, I yeah. right. No, yeah, no, no. Like, like, yeah. But he had other things going on, mm-hmm. where Lil TJ, you know, it, it was just different. So to have... To have him on this project and especially this what he's doing like i think actually little tj is one of the more underappreciated artists out right now yeah and i think sometimes he gets lost in the shuffle because he's not he's not the one working with kanye he's not the one on off the grid but it doesn't that shouldn't take away from the impact that he actually does have mm-hmm. I, I looked out of new york in the last five years little tj is probably one of my favorite um artists if I'm being honest, his last album was really, really good. The album before that was good as well. Um, I do prefer him to sing than rap. He had one project where he, I think he tried to rap on drill beats and I was like, this isn't it. But then he got back the next project back on his singing shit. And I really, really appreciated that. Um, some of my favorite tracks, I, I already said it, but just so um, the viewer or the audience knows um, some tracks I'm referring to, War by Pop Smoke and Lil TJ probably one of my favorite pop smoke songs mannequin pop smoke and little tj one of my favorite pop smoke songs as well um i just think that this is the way that drill music needs to go for new york to be able to be back at a level where we can claim we're the epicenter of hip-hop like this this is our shit like atlanta which y'all doing over there is cool la which y'all doing over there is cool memphis Detroit, what y'all doing over there is cool, but everybody knows where this shit came from. And oh, I yo, think big, that big, the big 30s can have something to say about that, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> he actually dropped a single like today. I'm excited. I haven't heard it yet, but I'm 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 gonna be listening to it. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that this is a really, really good project. I think that another thing too, because um, at least in the city, um, the mayor of New York was um threatening to ban drill music because of the violent lyrics and stuff like that. And 
all the there's this politics there, but I think that um five year four and showing that drill music is you can use drill music and other there have been other artists who have done this before as well, but I guess not on such a national level, I'd say. Um having love drill songs or just like regular drill songs where you're not threatening other anybody or you're not dissing anybody. Um it's really, really important for the genre too to just have that type of um, versatility within the genre. I think is really important for that to um, grow it out. So overall, I think that this is a really, really big step for drill music. Um, great, great project. Yeah, I think it's important. And granted, I'm not from New York, obviously. I'm from Massachusetts. I never. Like I, I, I get in the city and I'm like, oh man, I see a couple Yankee hats and I'm like, all right, I gotta leave. <laughs> like I got I got to get out of here. But it is it as a hip hop fan it should be the epicenter. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's a a crazy thing to say. Growing up, we haven't we haven't really had that. Yeah. Like the way that in the 90s when you had I mean you had DMX, Jay-Z, Biggie, like you had Nas, like you had the ones. They mm-hmm. were all from not the same borough, but they were all from New York. We haven't, you know, as, you know, born in the late 90s, coming up, really getting into music, the early 2010s, we haven't had that, Mm -hmm. where New York is, like, the spot. And I think that, I think that you said it perfectly, where it's a a big step for drill music, and I hope it's a big step for New York, because there are so many, there's this misconception that there's no, not that there's no good artists in New York, but that, like, New York's still being carried by, like, these, like, legends and obviously like hove is still doing music Nas put out king's disease one king's disease two magic so it's not like right it's not like they're just not doing anything this morning. <laughs> tell hit we gotta hit hey all right i'm done <laughs> you have loved both those projects but it's just important to have it feels important to have these artists who are making an impact on the biggest scale from new york city and it's not like a there's no force about it. There's nothing. And it's a really a movement right now. It's not just a, it's not like a, obviously, cause there's like the whole thing where it's like, all right, the New York guys could be like lyrical miracle, you know, like. This is what real you, rap is. Yeah. Sometimes you can't recapture the essence of a mob deep. Like you can't, mm-hmm. like it's a different time. It's like, it's not 1994 anymore. And that's, and that's okay. <laughs> but I think this is really important for the evolution of, of a genre of a subgenre, and hopefully it's like a continued continued progress for a city to get back to back to where they belong in terms of being the most important city in this genre of music mm-hmm. for sure i think um just looking at first first of all new york has so many different types of artists you still have code of the friend who's more lyrical and more intentional with his words you have the drill rappers um and then you have Nicki Minaj Cardi B female rap like there's so many different essences to the city right now whereas compared to Atlanta you know it's trap or compared to um LA the west coast you know what type of beats they're gonna rap on like I think just New York is just like the city being I guess the salad bowl of the United States. I think that that's also starting to um, show up in hip hop too, being the salad bowl, having all these different styles mixed together. Um, 
So it'll be interesting to see if Drill is able to emerge and start dominating the city the same way that um, Boom Bap did once did. Um, but I do, as I said before, this is this is a another step in the right direction for that. Um, what are your favorite tracks off of Bible? So I think the first three to open this project are really good. On God, Through the Fire, and Magic City. I think that's a perfect, like I said, when I first put it on and I even heard the first track, I was like, all right, is this like, is this for Kanye West? Is this to show Kanye, hey, like I did it. You know what I mean? I can, I can Moving make on this. down to three. Exactly. Like, you know what I mean? This is not down to 2.5, but it's like, all right, I did my thing in our lane. The first three songs are such a, such a great, you know, they, they set the tone so well. I was disappointed by the ASAP Rocky feature Me on too. Confidence, but I like World Watching, like we talked about. And then the last song, Can't Be Us, is really good. Mm-hmm. If you don't close out an, a record, the replay value automatically sinks to me. And I think that 504 did that on Can't Be Us. Um, yeah. That's probably... Because another thing too, even if you're listening to a project, this is a tangent, but if, you, if you're listening to an album, if there's bonus tracks at the end and you don't really know which ones are the bonus ones, there's just a certain feel to an outro track where you know, okay, this is the end and these are tracks that are added in for numbers or for whatever reason. So Can't Be Us, the execution on that was great. Like you said, the first track, um, I'm forgetting the name of it right now. Um, what's the name of the first track? First track is On God, right? Yeah, On God, yeah. Um, yeah. On God, very good um, execution of that as well. I do love Through the Fire uh, with Quavo. I do love Magic City with Quavo. Hello, um, really good track. Uh, Feel My Struggles, really good. And I just mentioned it, but I'm going to mention it again. Um, Can't Be Us, probably one of my favorites as well. Um, so yeah, that's that's hip hop for the past week. This week, I think T, G, T Grizzly dropped and... That's probably like the only person I'm going to listen to. I'm pro- I might be forgetting someone else, but I do like T Grizzly, so I'm going to listen to that shit. Um, yeah, but other than that, it's playoffs. Baseball season started. It was Jackie Robinson Day yesterday. Um, yeah, that's it. Getting getting warmer in the city. Um, you know, had a had an 80 degree day. I don't know why I'm just recapping the week. <laughs> I guess that's okay. what. We- do your thing it's important <laughs> had a had an eight degree week you know um ben simmons might come back for game four taylor's over there yeah, shaking okay. in his boots all right yeah him <laughs> um, and patrick williams i hide i hide in the corner every night thinking about ben simmons and patrick williams patrick well patrick williams is gonna be a star i can't wait um but yeah that had this is the cap episode 304 that is taylor mcleod I am Nate Sperlin. I'm sure as we were talking about, about both projects, you decided somewhere in between to like and subscribe to the channel, but I'm just going to ask you, I'm um, kindly ask you to do that again. Uh, like and subscribe to the channel. Follow us on Old follow Old Milk, excuse me, on Instagram and Twitter at Old Milk Media. Um, check out the Old Milk Spence playlist and all links will be in the description. Also check out episode six of the It's All Opinion podcast. Um, stay safe, wear a mask, wash your hands. There's a new variant out. So, you know, make sure you keep scrubbing, dubbing, dubbing. And um, we will be back when hip hop tells us to be.